Welcome to the Biblical Media Podcast. Join us each week as we present the best biblical resources available so that you can grow in your walk with Christ. Redeem the time by redeeming the web. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Biblical Media Podcast. I'm David Brandt. Thank you so much for joining us. We're in the middle of a mini-series on Bibliology, the Doctrine of the Bible. So if you haven't already listened to the first episode of this, pause, and I encourage you to go back and listen to the first episode before you go any further. But just to review, in this series, we're going to be talking about the nature of the Bible, how God inspired it, how the individual books were assembled together, how it was transmitted, how it was translated. We're going to spend our time on all of these different aspects of the Bible so that you can learn and understand and know more fully what the Bible says about itself and how we got it to where it is today. So I hope you're excited for this series. We're going to continue on with that. Today, we're going to be talking about Revelation. And by that, I don't mean the book of Revelation. I mean that in a more general sense. So here, before we go any further, let me start with a definition. Revelation is any truth which God discloses to human beings that could not be known any other way. And so we're going to be talking about the Bible as revelation. Really, revelation deals with what and not the how. In other words, Revelation defines what the Bible is. It does not necessarily say how the Bible was revealed. We'll cover that in a future week on inspiration. But really the point that you should get from today's lesson is that if God didn't choose to reveal himself, we wouldn't know him. That means we're dependent upon God to reveal himself. And this is a crucial thing. So you might be wondering, is this just going to be a podcast of all this high-end stuff of theology and things? Does this really matter in real life, or is this just something academic that we're talking about? No, it matters a great deal, because when you're talking with somebody about your faith, they might often say, well, I think God is like this. Or even if they are an atheist, they might say, I don't believe in God. But if he did exist, I would imagine that he is this way, or I would say that he's nothing like what the Christian faith believes. And at that point, I'd encourage you to first let them say what they're going to say and then pause that after they're done and just push back a little bit, just challenge them and say, really, I heard you say, I think God is this way, or I believe God would be such and such. How do you know that? How do you really know what God would be like? You see, this is where this idea of revelation comes into play, why this lesson is so very important, because it's grounded in this idea that if we're going to know God at all, he has to reveal something about himself. It doesn't matter how much I might say, I think God is this way, or I believe God would not act in a certain way or would act in a certain way. It doesn't matter. I could say any number of things about what I think God is like, but unless they're grounded in reality... I'm not going to know anything about him unless he reveals something to me. So I would really encourage everybody, whether you're a Christian or not, just to stop and think about where do you get your ideas of what God is like? I would ask you to stop and consider the source of revelation. We're going to talk about the Bible being that source. That's the point of today. So when we talk about revelation, we really can divide that into two categories. We could talk of general revelation and specific revelation or special revelation. And these two categories just basically mean this. 
general revelation is all that God reveals in the world around us. It reaches all people and is found across every part of the globe. So this kind of revelation is given to all people at all times. So if you're asking, how does God reveal himself in the world? We might say there is one way in which it doesn't matter if you grew up in a Christian family, a religious family, whatever, no matter where you are on the globe, these are ways that God has revealed himself to all human beings everywhere. Then beyond that, we could get a little bit more specific and say that there is a kind of special revelation That is truth that God has disclosed only to certain people in specific ways in specific periods of time. So the first kind, general revelation, reaches all people, while the second kind is only revealed in a limited way. The Bible is of the second type, and all types of revelation will fall into one of these two categories. So let's explore them. Let's talk about this in greater detail. General revelation is described for us in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. And I'm not going to read that fully right here, but basically the idea is that God has revealed himself in the world in creation in such a way that everybody is able to experience it at one level or another because we live in this world. It's enough to let people know that he exists, but it's not sufficient enough to save Okay, if assuming that human beings are fallen and in need of salvation, general revelation is enough to reveal God, but not enough to reveal specific parts of his plan. And it's limited because it does not directly reveal Christ. However, like I said, it's useful because it's evident to everyone, and therefore it's a place where you can start, especially if you want to witness to somebody who does not believe in God. So an example of this, we've already said, is creation. Because everything we know had to have been caused by something, therefore the whole universe had to have a first cause. So you might remember that law from science, matter cannot be created or destroyed. And if this is true, an atheist must admit that all matter must have always existed. So both Christians and atheists believe in something eternal. The question is, which one is it, matter or a God who created that matter. And people who are atheists will try to get around this and just say that science hasn't yet figured out where it all came from. I would say that's dodging the question. And I think that for whatever objections you might have to God, I think this one is an even greater counterpoint, namely the existence of everything in the universe. That's a major gap in the atheist's understanding. And I don't think you're ever going to solve that. It doesn't matter how far we advance in science. The point is, things had to have been created by something. Why is there something in the universe when there should be nothing? That's the key question. And so Romans 1.20 says this, For his invisible attributes, namely his, that's God's, God's eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world, in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. This is an example of general revelation, God revealing that he exists through what he has made. Of course, you can't prove the existence of God with these things. Romans says that though men know God because of his general revelation, they still deny his existence and don't acknowledge him. But even if a person does see God in these things, that knowledge is not enough to be saved. These things that we've talked about are enough to see God in the universe, that he exists, 
but it's not enough to reveal the answer to our sin problem. So another more specific kind of revelation is needed, and that's called special revelation. Unlike general revelation, it is sufficient to save, and this is the category that the Bible falls in. It's important because even though general revelation can give us a sense that God exists, and even that he must be powerful and glorious, it doesn't tell us everything we need to know about God. And in fact, here is the key thing about knowing God. Though we can have a sense that God exists, we cannot truly know him unless he chooses to make himself known through some form of special and specific revelation. But as it turns out, God gave specific revelation in a number of different ways. And I'm not going to get into this in great detail, but just by way of overview, here are some ways that God revealed himself. Dreams, visions, the appearance of angels and the messages that they delivered. Theophanies, those are ways that God has revealed himself in some sort of physical way, however limited, such as when he appeared to Moses and he said, you can't see my face, but I will pass before you and you will see my back as it were, whatever that means. You could say that God's speaking through the prophets is another means of special revelation. And then you could even say that the miraculous events, such as the parting of the waters of the Red Sea, were a type of special revelation, a revealing of God's power to a specific group of people in that time. Then ultimately, as we move from the Old Testament to the New, we see the culmination of God's revelation in the person and work of Jesus. Hebrews 1.3 talks about this. It says, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. So the New Testament teaches that Jesus is the ultimate revelation of who God is. And then, of course, that brings us all the way to the subject for today, the Bible. This records all of the other forms of special revelation, which we've just described, but also the inspired words from every author of the books that are contained within it. The Bible is inspired by God, as 2 Timothy 3.16 says, or literally, God breathed. And therefore, all of its words are part of God's revelation. And that's important just to remind ourselves of, because we have Bibles that usually sit around our house all of the time. And maybe if you try to read your Bible on a regular basis, it might become mundane and just something that you do over and over again. But when you stop and realize this is God's way of communicating something about himself, where otherwise I would have no way of knowing about him, that begins to take on a new meaning. Then hopefully you begin to realize, wow, this is God speaking to me. And that's an incredible thought. So how do we know that the Bible is revelation? Well, number one, it claims itself to be from God. And we know that from 2 Timothy 3.16, as we've already alluded to. It says, all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So the Bible makes that claim of itself. But we don't just have to rely on the Bible's own claim. Of course, we should trust that, and that's where we start. But we can see that claim is backed up by the contents of the Bible itself, because the Bible contains prophecy that is fulfilled in later Scripture. Again, I referenced this last episode in Isaiah 53, which was written 400 years before Christ came, and yet it describes Jesus' coming in a very detailed way. That's only possible if its author 
is omniscient. That is, if he knows all things so that he can predict those things perfectly, and also omnipotent, because he not only has to know about them, but also has to have the power that he can bring about what he predicted. So that in and of itself is a proof of the Bible being revelation from God. Another evidence of the Bible being revelation is that even though it was written over hundreds of years and by many authors, the Bible we see contains one central theme and only one way of salvation. We said last time that it was written over a 1,500-year period, over three different continents, by many authors in three different languages, yet you see that there is one message that is contained throughout That message of God creating the universe, of mankind's rejection of him and fall and their continual sin over and over again, but yet God forgiving and revealing himself and coming back to them to redeem them over and over again and building up to this place where he would send a Messiah to be able to rescue his people once for all so that they could be redeemed and dwell with him forever in a new creation. That's a basic summary of the message of the Bible, but we see it contained in all of the books that are found in it. Another way that we can see that the Bible is revelation is the fact that it is inerrant. I would say, and we'll make a whole case for this in a future episode, that the Bible, because it is inspired, is without error. And no one will be ever able to find an error in the Bible because it is written by God. That backs up its divine origins. A fifth reason we can see that the Bible is revelation is because of the way it portrays its characters. You know, if these were only stories, then usually the human authors of those stories would have idealized those great leaders that formed a nation. That's usually what happens when a nation is formed and you go back and try and write the history or rewrite the history. You would almost seem to make all of its founders as perfect as possible. But what we see is that the Bible does the opposite. The Bible portrays its characters as terribly sinful and flawed. And if you're building up a great nation like Israel and trying to write its history, you don't normally write your characters that way. That's not how we would expect a human-authored book to be written. But because it portrays the people as they are, I would say that's an even further evidence that this is not something that was contrived by human beings and and made up. Rather, it was written by God. It was described as things are. Another evidence for the Bible being revelation is that the archaeology and history have proven over and over that the Bible is historically accurate. And we could get into a whole lesson about some of the archaeological discoveries that have proven the Bible over and over again. And some things I'm sure we haven't even yet discovered. There are certain discoveries that were only made in the past century. And if you go back to a generation before that, these believers didn't have that to prove the Bible that they already believed in. And I can only imagine some of the things that will be discovered after my time, just as new things are discovered in each generation. But everything that we have backs up what the Bible is saying. Another piece of evidence, the Bible is indestructible. Over 2,000 years, even in times of persecution, the Bible was never lost or completely destroyed. That's a promise God made to us. And we see that it has happened. It has been kept for us. No matter how many nations and countries tried to destroy the Bible, it has never been destroyed. 
Another piece of evidence, and I wouldn't say that this absolutely means that the Bible is revealed to us by God, but it's something to keep in mind. It's that the Bible is the most widely distributed and most frequently read book of all time. Even if you don't take the Bible as revelation, that should give you pause. That should cause you to stop and consider what it has to say because it has made the most difference. It has been read the most more than any other book. And then finally, we could say that the Bible has impacted our society and even changed individual lives more than any other book in the world. All of these things point to this grand idea that the Bible is no ordinary book. Rather, it is revelation from God. It's not just the literary genius of a few authors. It's not just a great poetic work in some cases, but rather it has a divine author. And because of that, it can be trusted. Because of that, we can know who God is and not just guess, not just hope that we have an idea of who God is and what he expects from us and what he's doing with the world and where it's all heading. But because it's revelation, we can know what God has in store for this universe and how we can be a part of it. So we should rejoice that we have this Bible in front of us, that it is the living word of God, that it is God speaking to us, and we should make every opportunity that we have to read it, to understand it, and to cherish it. So this is the idea of revelation, what the Bible is. When we come back next week, we'll talk about how God communicated the Bible to human authors and to us so that it could be written down and recorded as revelation. We'll talk about that idea of inspiration. But for now, let's treasure this word of God that we have revealed to us from our Heavenly Father. This has been the Biblical Media Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. Did you enjoy this podcast? Find the show notes and more great resources such as articles, Bible study guides, videos, music, and more at biblicalmedia.com. Biblicalmedia.com. Share the word.